Wow. Well, hello and welcome to the final installment of Dune Dudes, colon, Children of Dune Dudes. And let me just say, dude, we did it, dude. We did it. We did the Dune, dude. Yeah. Um... I, I'm, I know that we're going to talk about like our, our general thoughts on the ending, pro- probably just on how we feel about the, the Dune story as a whole up to this point, right? Sure, um, yeah. But I, I just wanted to start by saying, um, <clears throat> I think part of it just has to do with the the shortness of the chapters, the way that it's been written differently and, and also the, the overall scope of this story compared to Messiah, but reaching the end felt, uh, much more like the end of, a a long journey to me. It, it, it felt a little like finishing the first Dune book, not quite as, um, I don't know, as daunting, I guess, you know, but, but it it really felt like, you know, what is this ending going to be? And then upon reaching it, it's like, whoa, you know, I'm here. You know, you kind of look back on the entirety of the story to think of the events that brought you to this point. And it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, It certainly feels like the end of a trilogy. Does it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I, I feel like this. I think the ending of this book is the most open-ended, like least uh, conclusive ending of the three so far. This one leaves so many things dangling, so many things left yes. for the future books to deal with. I yes. actually, I felt like, oh, you know, this does not feel like the end of a loose trilogy well i think maybe it will going forward for for me i feel like it i mean there's there's maybe there's a couple there's a couple reasons why i i do feel like it it, it's it's the most i mean to to me it, it feels like the most ending ending of of all three books like the i mean we we've talked about how uh, you know the dune ending and dune messiah's ending it it feels kind of rushed yes they they don't feel like proper endings um i feel like this book it, it, it does it feels like a proper ending to the book at the very least and um i mean not to go into spoiler territory now but uh i mean this literally this is the end of paul's story so yeah, and I and I mean that's <clears throat> yeah. the biggest that is the biggest reason uh, for me why I feel like it 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 feels final, um, right? Uh, and I mean, it feels like the end of of a, a very long epic journey, but uh, but it also um, does set up the future of. Uh, you know this this universe so yeah um i i I can also see why you feel like it's it's more open-ended yeah um 
but in a well, lot they, of ways, it I mean, quite literally isn't. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, let us sing this theme song one last time. Okay. I'm All ready. Right? Okay. A one and a two and a one, two, three, four. I can't, I can't do this, do this all on my own. own. No, no, I know I I'm the Quasats Hatterack. Dude! The Quasats Hatterack. Damn. That felt good. Felt good. I'm going to miss it. I am too. Yeah, we gotta no think way. of uh, we we gotta we gotta figure out what our next theme song is gonna be <laughs> for uh, season three or season four of uh, Dean yeah. Boots. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're we're that's crazy to to even think about. For, I know. This is gonna be the, the the next book is book four. I know. Yeah. The the really the wild part was um finishing this book, being like, holy shit closing it putting it on my shelf and then looking at the next three books and being like there is so much more i know i know uh because the because the next three books seem long they you know? yeah yeah they they are longer than than dune messiah and children of dune for sure and i mean i mean chapter house looks like do like dune length i know me. i know so. yeah so it's it's right it's like who knows exactly how I don't know if any of them are exactly original Dune book length, but but yeah, they. I mean, they seem close. Yeah, and putting all three of them together, even if it's not as long as the first Dune book, you know, all all three of these next books back to back will be more than we've read so far. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, considering the short, the relative shortness of Messiah and Children. Yeah, so, yeah, and I mean. It's, it's a lot it is a lot yeah i mean we've 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 been through a lot but we also have a lot uh a lot left Um, well let's talk about what we've been through then right yeah let's do it unless was there anything else you want to mention before we we do our chapter breakdown no i'm just gonna ask how you were doing what's up Mm. um yeah not bad thanks uh feeling pretty good Right now, it's a nice, dreary day outside, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to spend the day inside. Um, so, you know, I'll get to drink my coffee, get to talk about Dune with my favorite dude. Um, it's a big day. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. excited to, yeah. to tackle this ending. It's You know, the weird part is... I've been looking forward. We've been talking about having this break, right? I've mm. been really looking forward to having this break. Yeah. But today feels like it would be like the perfect day to just like crack open a new book, you know? Yeah, like, I know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh I'm not going to, but No, I mean, it has that aura about it. It does. It does. You could read another book. I could. Um but I'm such a slow reader, I would never finish it. Yeah. By the time we'd want to start God Emperor. And I, I have not really um, picked up the skill of juggling more than one book so far. I'm, I'm very singularly focused when it comes to reading right now. I think I need to work up to that. So yeah, that's that's right now. It's all Dune. That's fair. And uh, I mean, luckily we 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 do have a lot of uh, Dune to cover in um, 
this this break period that we're going to be facing so it's yeah right it's 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 a break from reading yes, Dune, not yes. a break from dune itself no we cannot escape arrakis my friend we, we can't i mean this is our golden path yeah um cool yeah well hey i'm 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 ready to uh, jump in are are you doing all right as well though i'm doing good yeah 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 i think uh yeah i'm doing i'm doing a-okay i'm i'm excited that we um, all right, at this point, um, yeah, I'm, and I'm also enjoying a uh, nice, relaxing Sunday morning. Right on. Well, okay, cool. Let's let's get into it. Um, <clears throat> so, where we last left off, um, Ganima was was kidnapped. Um, which actually, she might take some offense to that term. She might be like lady napped or something. Uh, she was abducted. Um, we didn't know who it was at the time, and and there's a lot, you know. It's kind of a big cliffhanger to leave off on. It's like, ooh, where you know, where's this all going? Um, our first chapter of. This final section, um, which which you this this chapter you had read last time, yes, um, yes. Again, uh, due to a a miscommunication and error solely on my part, just so the listenership is crystal clear on uh, the the reasonings why. I appreciate um, the honesty there. Oh yeah, you know if there's one thing I I've learned personally. From from going through uh, this season of Dune Dudes with you, it's it's to accept responsibility. You know, <laughs> if I put too much tea in a bag, you know, or if I'm late, uh, you know, for something, don't don't blame someone else. You got to own that for yourself. Put yeah. that on your own shoulders. You know, live in your own personal agony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you. That's what Leto would do. It, it is. You've come a long way. Leto has has <laughs> taught you much. Yeah. Uh. So so yeah. Anyways, um. This this chapter is very foreboding. Um, it's just a a pretty short exchange between Leto and. The preacher, yes, Papa. and uh, <clears throat> yeah, Daddy Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, they're kind of talking about this plan. Um, the preachers, like, you know, what what should I do? I think. I'm kind of looking at it. I think Leto maybe gives him the choice, like saying, you don't have to come with me, but if you come with me, you won't come back. You, you will know? not come back to the desert. Yeah. Um, We're like, what and... is that? What does that mean? <laughs> He's just going to live it... in Arakeen for the rest of his life? Yeah, that's what I figured. It must be uh, reclaimed, something really nice. Reclaim the like, throne? Like, Or or maybe he goes back to Caladan, you know? Yeah, just oh, like man. Really... Just a really nice, peaceful ending for Paul. Yeah, that that's uh, that's what I thought too. Um, yeah. 
weird that that's not how it goes. Yeah, I mean, you you would think in a book like this where there are so many happy endings. Yeah. Uh, the the main character would get one, but I mean, it's too bad. Um, at any rate, Paul makes the decision to go. Um, he seems, you know, just very world weary. Um, not, not like scared, but, you know, obviously they, they both have this, um, certain knowledge that this is going to end in the preacher's death. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, there's just this very, uh, like tired and depressing acceptance of it, um, that this chapter leaves off on. Uh, and the preacher's like, hey, is Gurney coming? And Leto's like, no, I want Gurney to live. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I don't care if you live. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, so I mean, the, yeah, the, the implication is that, yeah, if Gurney had gone with them, he would, he would die, presumably, protecting Paul? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that would make a lot of sense. Which um, would be an honorable way for Gurney to go, but it's, uh, I guess it's not his time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, he's probably going to have some survivor's guilt, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, letting Paul die two times. Yeah. Is is pretty sad. I know. Um, yeah. I don't know, but it, it's kind of just setting us up for this expectation, knowing that these characters are going to be together, knowing that they're aware of their fate. Um, but I, I do like it. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the last time we see Paul and Leto talk, you know, as, as yeah. father and son. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's not, not a very uh, uplifting or, or even like a... Um, like nice note for themselves, like personally to, to leave out on, you know, they, they both just have to uh, like walk into this tragedy together. Um, which again, I mean, I, I like, I think it's one of the things that Herbert is uh, really good at writing at, at showcasing these uh, subtler emotions and, yeah. and exchanges. Um but yeah, I guess I'm just like left with a kind of melancholy thinking about this chapter. It feels, it's one of those things about like the prescience where it's like, it, it feels like it could be avoidable, right? But like, it's not, you know, or, or they accept the thread that yeah. they, that they uh, choose to follow, I mm. suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's true. And I like at the end here, we, uh, you know, Leto senses a touch of the old vision madness in the preacher's manner and wonders for a second if he's been playing the prescience game again. And that, yeah. that line, I mean, then he, he quickly thinks to himself, no, he'd, he'd never do that ever again. But that was the last little bit that I wanted to, to bring up about, um, Oh, does the preacher have a plan? Mm-hmm. Is there something in his back pocket? Um, that, I think that was like the, the last glimmer of hope. Oh, is Paul going to, pull this thing off um but uh no no yeah he 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 really is just you know like you said wary and uh at the end of his rope and and 
ready to to be 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 done with this. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing I'd mention, I mean, obviously we know this is ending with him dying. Um with being killed. But um you know, it's like, oh, does he have a plan? Does he not? I mean, I think we should also consider that his his plan just involves him dying, you know, or that uh, like winning or or following the thread of the future that you choose doesn't always result in in like a, a victory of life, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think well, he, yeah, <clears throat> he sacrifices himself, right? I mean, I mean, in 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 that regard, though, he's. He's really never had a plan, you know. He's he's always just kind of, uh, you know, rode whichever wave he he deemed the best. Um, really, none of these things were were of his his uh, choosing. I mean, or of his scheming. Like mm-hmm. he he never owns anything like like Leto has owned the golden path whether he whether it's from his own uh mind or not like Leto owns the golden path and is 100% committed to it Paul with the jihad he 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 you know does not want to claim ownership to something like that you know he begrudgingly goes along with it and I think that is how he dies as well true yeah that's uh, a great point. <clears throat> well, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about that coming up. Yes. Let's let's get to our our next chapter. This is where it um it opens with Aaliyah. She's watching these dancers in in her hall. You know, she's in in like the throne room. Um, and, um, you know, Aaliyah has her own plan, um, and, and calls for, uh, what, like, Faradin and Ganema to, to be, like, brought together. I think she's, she's still kind of, like, Working on that whole, um, I don't know, plot. We're going to have to talk about the, the different characters' plots, like Aaliyah's, Jessica's, you know, they, they kind of all dissolve in the wake of um, the twins. But we'll we'll talk about that. But I, that's one of the things I was kind of left, um, you know, considering about the, the things that I knew would be dropped. And then thinking about, like, well, what... Well, whatever. Like I'm saying, we'll talk about it. Let's. Yeah. I'll try and stay on track. Um, and as as this whole show is going on, um, suddenly there is a commotion that they can hear and well, see through the window. Pretty much, what's happening right now is um. <clears throat> There's a lot of off-worlders 
um, Honorak is now right due to due to the um, arrival of Faradun. Yeah, and um, so there's kind of like dancing in the street, and uh, you know, I mean, she's kind of watching the the, the tensions breed between the Fremen and then the more kind of free spirited uh, off-worlders. And so, in the midst of that, uh, this other commotion starts. Yes, true. Although, I kind of thought the dancers that she's watching or referring to was like part of a like a royal show or something. Like something that um, they were like presenting to Aaliyah or the Yeah, I mean, that, that could be true. Like, you know, hey, this is us, you know, we're like entertaining you yeah. as like a as a service, you know, or, uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back, you know, maybe a bit of both or maybe you're just right. I don't fucking know. That's, that's how I remembered it. Um, I mean, that could very, but, that could very but, well be the case. I, I mean, at any rate, you're right to mention the, this underlying tension between the, the different groups of people that are there, the offworlders and the Fremen. Um, and yeah, this tension is definitely capitalized on, um, the preacher and Leto um, show up together, and the preacher has has one last blaspheme in him. He uh, he he says all this shit. Uh, it it culminates into him, um, you know, singling out Aaliyah, saying, um, you know. Like, that's, that's the blasphemer, you know, that's the one, uh, who we should be directing our, our righteous fury at, right? The one yeah. who's really lost her way. Mm -hmm. And while this uh, is happening, though, too, um, Jessica and Faradin are, are watching with Aaliyah. Thank you. Yes, that's a great point, too. Yeah. Yeah, they all, Faradin's like, hey, I heard you have the best view of, uh, <laughs> of, of this fucking crazy guy, right? Who just shows up and spouts all this nonsense? Um, he does not mention. Oh, hey, I met that guy before. Yeah, I guess he yeah, never he, saw his face though, because he was wearing a mask. Yeah, but, but I mean, he knew he, he knew him he as knew. a preacher, right? Exactly. So I, I think he just holds those cards close to his chest for you know whatever reason. His using his Bene Gesserit wiles or whatever to. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't turn into anything that matters. But no. yes, he he does withhold that. Um, and uh, Jessica, this is her first time seeing the preacher, and uh, you know ends up recognizing only afterwards that uh, it it truly is Paul. Um, she goes through a lot in these next couple pages. Yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, a mother's worst nightmare, I would say. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, the only other thing... The, the only other uh, um, thing to consider here, too, is... Aaliyah sends in her own... Her, her priests to... Um, to bring the preacher back... She says very specifically, no violence. Yep. Uh, just invite him 
you know, we cannot take him by force. This is going to get all kinds of fucky if we do. So just send him a peaceful, gentle, neutral invitation and we'll just see where it goes from there. Um, but Paul stirs the pot, man. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he just, finally crosses the line. Yeah. You know, and you, you mention all, all these tensions that are already pre-existing in the crowd. And when, uh, when the preacher singles out Aaliyah, yeah, the, the priests seem to deem that that is too far. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I kind of forget if they say who specifically, but I, I think they do mention it's one of the priests that ends up. It is, yeah, because the, the, the priests are specified to be wearing the yellow robes. Right. And it's it's one of the yellow robed hands that ends up stabbing the preacher. Yeah. Yeah. So the preacher is um, caught up in all of this and stabbed, stabbed to death right there on the steps. Um, so let's stop here before we, yeah, this is a truly, I don't know, mind blowing. Mo- I mean, it's like, yeah, we, we saw it coming, but it's like, it's still super hard to, to, to see. I mean, we, we, obviously we thought Paul had died before. Yes. Um, I did at any rate. Yeah. But we didn't. <laughs> didn't actually see him die this time we see him die he's dead yes he's dead there's a lot of finality here and yeah i mean immediately i'm like obviously i'm upset and sad but i'm actually you know happy because i feel like this is a, a a very good death i feel like it's it's um i i feel like it's 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 right um, for Paul to, to to die this way. Um, then another thing that I did not think of myself, but I saw because after I I finished the book, I I, I I was reading essays about Children of Dune and stuff people had written, um, and somebody brought up the the thought that in the first Dune book, before his fight with Jameis, he sees a possible future where he gets stabbed and he dies that way. And and we think, oh, is that Jameis doing it, or is it Fade Rautha doing it? Yep. Um, but it's it's funny that this is actually how he dies in the far future by being stabbed. <laughs> that is interesting. Definitely not a connection I, I would have uh, made without going back on my own. So that's cool. To it's bring probably up. just a coincidence. I'm, I don't think it's a, it's even a planned thing from Frank Herbert. Oh but, no, no, no. You know. I, at least in terms of writing the first book, it probably isn't. But, I mean, now having heard you say that, I, I'd i be surprised if, you know, he didn't at least consider that when he wrote yeah. this now. You know, just mm. creators are always kind of, uh, ooh, I, you know, I always plan this, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, really, sure. It's a retcon, yeah. but, like, mm. who cares? If it works, it, it, it works. Absolutely. Um, I, I have my own thoughts on this, but I, I just want to give you the the floor quickly because you mentioned um that you thought it was a good kind of like appropriate death for paul can you elaborate a bit on that well it goes back why why do you feel that way that's all it goes back to what i was saying earlier about him kind of um 
just being led by by his prescience and his um kind of the 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 trap he's fallen into like for a, a character as tragic as Paul like him him wandering off into the desert you know shouting I'm finally free I'm finally free that's that's a fucking happy ending for him you know like that's as yeah. happy as it gets for him um so it 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 just makes way more sense for me that he he dies as he lived, which is being led into kind of uh you know something he does not want to do and you know dying for this cause that he does not believe in but chooses to go this way because it'll it will ultimately cause the least harm um so it it's yeah it's it's a it's a very tragic death um And I mean, he he put it off for so long, but ultimately it caught up to him. And it's, that, that, that's kind of, I think, uh, <clears throat> one of the main themes of the book, too, is that, you know, you can kind of put these things off as as long as you can. But eventually, you know, the 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 trap of 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 prescience and future sight is like what you've seen will happen. Um, it's just a matter of when and how. And uh, I thought it was very appropriate that he he went this way. Like, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's not a happy death. but No. But I, I did think it, w- it, it, it worked for his character. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, how I felt about it, <clears throat> as, as I was reading this chapter... To me, it felt like um, it was very sudden and jarring, you know? Um, I was just, like, going down the page, minding my own business, you know, la-di-da. Uh, and all of a sudden, Paul's getting murdered, yeah. you know, just fucking stabbed up. And, um, you know, again, I fully anticipated um, him to be killed here at the end. But I thought it would be, like, through a more direct means of a main character, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, the the assumption is, oh, well, will Aaliyah kill him? Yes. Uh, will will Leto, for some reason, be forced to kill him? Yep. Um, something like that, yeah. Some, but, uh, I mean, going with kind of how, how Herbert rights i feel like something happening so suddenly that you could even almost miss it is how it was always going to happen and i mean kind of the irony too of of uh you know pretty much one of the priests that that is you know has dedicated their life their 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 you know their life to this religious order that he created killing him mm-hmm. is is uh yeah i it's 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 pretty um, I don't know. There, it's it, it. There's just a lot of depth to it. I feel like. Um. Yeah. Well, that's what I. I kind of circle back around to it because when I first read it, um, not that I disliked it, but um, 
I think I was caught so off guard that, um, you know, I was like, really? You know, it's like you, you think about the journeys of these characters, you know, and if you were talking with someone like, not that you would ever spoil this for them, but, you know, like say that you were talking with someone like just starting out reading these stories, you know, and it's like, oh, the main character, you know, Paul Muad'Dib, who creates this religion and becomes the prophet and, you know, rises to the empire. And it's like, oh, how does he die? Oh, some guy stabs him. It's like, who? No, no one. He gets stabbed. He's stabbed by no one, you know? Um, in a, just in a crowd of people. Yeah, but I... um. I, I do feel like that's the most appropriate death for him. It, I think it's right that, um, and you know, even the one who, even though the one who holds the knife is, um, you know, uh, working under the, the Imperium led by Aaliyah now, um, one, I think you're right to point out the, the irony in them serving the, the priesthood. And two, I think it's like more of um this commentary on like the the people themselves um as, as their own um like self-actualized group, you know, to not to take that power back because, you know, Leto is at the top of this pyramid. Um but to be the ones to to be the undoing of of Paul himself, you know, so much of Messiah is Paul grappling with, um, the consequences of, of his actions that affect the people, you know, across the whole known galaxy that he's caused so much damage to the everyday unknown person. Um, these these nameless uh, people that nearly everyone else um, in the in the court in the system of royalty, you know, couldn't give two shits about. Um, but Paul is racked with this guilt, and ultimately they're the ones who who drag him, you know, back down to die. Yeah. Um, and it also felt like um like the assassination of Caesar. I can imagine um like this dune oil painting in like a Renaissance style with like old preacher Paul being like stabbed up by all Absolutely. these. You Absolutely. Know, like... Yeah, that yeah. I'm I'm sure that's out there somewhere too. I'm sure someone has like done something like that. It would be cool. Put it online. But it it feels like that too, you know, it's like Paul doesn't want to be this thing. Like that's why he is so, um, downtrodden in, in, uh, in children of Dune. But, you know, he, he really is against his, his own, um, against his own code, against his own better judgment. He, he still is this tyrant, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I do think it's very apt that it's the, the people themselves, that end up killing him. He probably thought that Absolutely. too, as the blades were going in. So 
I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. <laughs> now, I mean, at long last, he is he is finally free. Yeah, yeah, that's truly free. I, I think that's the silver lining too. Any death, no matter how horrible, um, yeah. would be a relief to him in some way. Mm-hmm. And so. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure he, you know, has thought of. Uh, other ways maybe he could have potentially died beforehand, but perhaps this is the death that would, would that will bring the least pain overall. Yeah, I think so. Things. Um, I think that's why he chooses to go because I, exactly. I think he is playing that vision game, mm-hmm. and he does see that that this is the death that will play into his son's plan. It's true. I think that's true too. Yep, yep. Fuck. That's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's uh Yeah, it's 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 hard. Hard losing him twice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I um I mean the the bigger surprise would be if he didn't die at all. I'd be like, "What the fuck I is know. going on?" You I know, know like, for sure. Yeah. Uh but I I really was I had to like do a double take when I read that line, you know, it, it yeah. really, uh, it's remarkable how these seismic shifts in the Dune universe, um, you know, can, can read as these, uh, completely innocuous sentences, you know, yeah. Herbert will just be like, and Paul died period. And it's like, Oh, huh. I am, oh, that's it. Okay. That. <laughs> that's it. Another thing too, that, that I, I had been thinking, um, is, uh, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right about the guilt thing that that mm-hmm. Paul has always carried this guilt mm-hmm. from, you know, uh from the first book onward about what he's going to have to do, about what he did with the jihad, about you know, what's going to happen to the planet, to to his children, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um and then the interesting thing is, you know, cuz cuz Leto says, "Oh, you know, father, you you didn't follow your vision far enough." Um but I I really don't think that he could have. Because the the main difference between you know between Paul and Leto really is that Paul is not Fremen, you know. Yeah. And there, there, and and we we've seen before that there is no concept of guilt in Fremen society. They 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 just do things because they have to do them, and you know guilt would only slow them down. Essentially, is kind of the um the mo for them. Yeah. And so that puts Leto in a perfect position to to follow this this path through uh without actually you know w- w- without weighing him down as much as it would his father um true yeah so i i don't think paul was ever truly destined or or could have even um could have followed the path as far as as leto is going to yeah yeah i mean the like the schism or the breaking point there too is against all odds against um, being trained as a mentat and Bene Gesserit and turned into a prophet and uh, becoming the, the emperor, um, you know, a divine emperor at that even above Shaddam the fourth, you know, mm. um, Paul never, 
never fully loses his humanity. No. And and Leto sees that as his greatest weakness, really. Mm. And so it's it's clear, right, that Paul even though he does all these terrible things, like his redeeming quality, I think, is that um you know, even in the face of that, he he's he feels like he always has to to shoulder these sins like a messiah you know yeah, what i mean like he yeah. absorbs like the sin of the people and mm-hmm. feels like he himself has to carry it um and leto is just like well fuck it then i'll become like the devil you know yeah. i mean like he's yeah. not even human anymore and so they uh that's a good point yeah he he's literally not human yeah and that's that's the i suppose the real consequence of of, of having to go down this path is yeah. to just truly and literally lose your humanity. And right. Paul, Paul was never capable of that. No, no. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It's interesting too. Cause it's like, I, I mean, when, when Paul first has his vision burst, you know, and, and he says, they think I'm the Quasi's Hatterick. I'm something different than that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Leto really, I mean, could just be the 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 real deal, uh, right? Where, where whereas Paul was just kind of the uh, the precursor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. True. <sighs> Weird. I know. R.I.P. Paul, you're uh, you're up with Pal and Basha now. Yeah, I I I, I think they're they're probably palling palling around up there in uh, <laughs> up there in Fremen Heaven. Yeah, the the Alam Al Mithal. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, him, Pal and Basha, Duncan. Um, and I mean more more by the time <laughs> we uh we we could get through the next you know chapters yeah in fact um let's get through the rest of this chapter because yeah. there's another big death yes here yes there is so so that all goes down um Aaliyah, Faradin, and jessica witness this Aaliyah starts freaking out she's screaming she's she's like Jessica, that was your son. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Jessica's just in um this like horrible distant shock. Yeah. You know. Absolute um, shock. You know, recognizes the the truth in in her words, um recognizes the truth in in the preacher's own voice. You know, she mentions that she she's able to use her her training to to know for herself that it was you know, absolutely, her yep. son still 100%. alive. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, what what a hell, you know, to believe that your son is dead uh, this whole time to only be reunited with him briefly for a moment, distantly. Yeah, I so mean, just watch not even, die. not even, just 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 watching from, yeah, from a window. Yeah. Um. So that's, you know just really rough it is um, yeah it's yeah it's tragic 
But there... I mean, this is all tragic, but there is this really awesome part to this chapter. Um, I love the description of the plasteel door, this giant, massive door. Yes, that, yes. That separates, um, you know, the Arakeen castle from, like, the rest, from the rabble. Yep. From the the horrible desert outside, you know, and um, it just is fucking caved in and thrown to the floor. Um, this is some some real comic book shit right here. It really is. I almost couldn't believe I was reading it again, I know, I but know. it's. Um, I don't. I think it works really well. I think know? it does too. Like, Leto is this like unstoppable force of of like retribution, you know. Yeah. Um, and and Ganema is there right by his side. Yeah, he's he's clutching onto her, and she's kind of uh, seems like uh, not super, fo- not not fully aware of what's going on mm-hmm. at first, right. Yeah, until um, Leto says the words. He says um, the words. Ganema, Ganema does indeed get her memory back. Um, She's like, oh, did the plan work? <laughs> yeah, he says something like, well enough. Yeah, right? he's like, like yeah, well, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but just uh, just the, the imagery of this giant, like, supposedly impenetrable door like falling to the ground to present these two children one robed completely in black and the other in white i just feel uh was very striking you know it's not not often i always try to like picture shit in some fashion as i'm reading um which can be difficult you know it's like so it, it and a lot of times it just depends on the way things are written, you know, my capability to do that. And so I, I just have to say, like this felt like real, like iconography, like a, yeah. like a real image in my brain that uh, that formed, yeah. and I, that was very striking for me. I was Absolutely. like, oh shit, like it is on, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. I mean, all of this passage with 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 Lido kind of kicking ass, um, yeah, it's it's very dynamic um, in, in how it's written. And uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's such a, such a weird left turn right after Paul dies to have kind of this um, kind of, yeah, like comic book scene mm-hmm. that somehow works. Like, yeah, it is very pulpy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and Dune has been pulpy in kind of uh, very conservative uh, amounts, you know. Um, so, so this kind of works because I feel like there's been a build up to, uh, you know, this climax. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's pretty fucking insane. Just insane. It is. Um, it. It leads into this fight with with Leto and Aaliyah. And um, 
Aaliyah never really stands a chance, but no. there is um like a brief section where like she's fighting too. Like you can't imagine if uh someone like were to film this, like how it would be shot, I think, in some fashion. And she doesn't I mean, she does get wrecked, but but I, I think there is like um uh, a small passage or two where she like goes for a kick like it says it would like disembowel any regular man yeah. or something you know like and so she in her own right is still this formidable threat yeah you know, she that, hasn't that lost she her has skill. her own abilities and you know um, we we know from messiah that you know she she is a very uh like well like trained fighter you know so, yes. like um so i guess that has not been lost right still not enough no, 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 no. Um, yeah, Leto. Leto is uh, well. He just fucking grabs her and like spins her around at like a thousand miles an hour. Um, Honestly, this 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 fucking scene from the moment he breaks down the door. Yeah, it feels like something from Twin Peaks that is like like they'll have scenes where it's where like everything's kind of based in reality, and then like just like weird shit happens and then you're like not sure if it's like a dream or if it's real this yeah. this entire section feels like that to me yeah yeah <clears throat> um well it's real baby it's um. real it is real <laughs> and aliyah has a a total mental and physical breakdown just the just the culmination of of everything that's been going on with her it just comes to a head and it's fuck it's it's so fucking sad. It's so fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um She's you know, like we, um she's like Azula in Avatar. Uh, yeah. Episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't think about that too as I was reading this. Um It 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 really does feel that way. Um And yeah, we this this is one of the the plot threads that um we kind of did predict or assume i think in in some fashion uh, but but not in the way that it ends and that is important um yeah but yeah um i i i like that leto is like i could have just thrown you into a wall but mm-hmm. um and there was actually a point when he's spinning her around, it says, like, the screaming stops. Like, I think just either she gets tired or, like, all the blood rushes to her head. Yeah. Like, but part of me was like, did that just kill her? Honestly. I know. I thought for a second, too. <laughs> um, but Leto's like, no, no, you at least deserve a chance to stand trial. And I'm like, oh, are we going to get this trial of possession? Jessica can't even bring herself to um, to any kind of coherence. Um, and so I think Leto is like, okay, well, I'll have to take it upon myself, um, to do whatever this trial is. And it just doesn't happen because, um, oh, well, he, he but he knocks out the window. He, he is the, the one window. who knocks out the window. He knocks out the window and says pretty much, uh, trial of possession or the window or Right, or the window. Yes. And significantly, 
it is Aaliyah herself who gets to make this final decision yes. yeah. on her fate. Yeah, it is. Um, With the Baron kicking and screaming the entire way. Yes. Yeah, that, that I loved. For as um, sad as this was and as hard as it was to get from sentence to sentence at this point, it felt like, um, I, I really did appreciate that it it ends in an act of autonomy for Aaliyah, you know, even though, um, you know, she, she still herself is cursed and, um, you know, unfortunately has to dive into this fate sort of along with her brother. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, at, at least she is the one to do it. I was kind of worried that even at the end, like, maybe the Baron would overpower her and then Leto would have to, like, step in and fucking decapitate her anyways or, yeah, or something like that, know. you know? Um, but I'm glad that um, Herbert stuck with it as this full character moment for Aaliyah, mm-hmm. um, you know, that she still is the one who ultimately, in a way, saves herself yeah. and defeats the Baron. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so she does She does bring herself to the window and, and, and jumps. And I, yep. I think I think lands very, you know, probably pretty close to where Paul's body lay. Yeah. On the steps. Yep. Um, one, another thing of note, which is pretty cool, is that um, obviously in the first Dune book, Aaliyah is the one who kills the Baron. Mm-hmm. And she does so again in this book by <laughs> killing herself, which I think is True. pretty interesting. True. Yeah. Well, she she's nothing if not consistent, at yep. least. Yep. But no, I mean, I it's another death that I that made me very sad. I think Aaliyah has been a, a terrific character throughout all three books. Um, and it it's it is it's 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 a shame we didn't get to see more of true Aaliyah in this book. But uh, but I, I I did think that her her arc in this was was very interesting. It is. Um, makes me think a lot about the way that Herbert tends to just um, seemingly dedicate entire books to specific character arcs, you Mm -hmm. know? And so um, like there is this large constantly growing and changing cast of characters, but like, it's very clear in hindsight, even though Aaliyah herself does still have a lot to do in this book and her struggle with the Baron is, um, you know, still very compelling and important to like her overall character. Yeah. Um, but you know, Messiah is the book where um, he chooses to like really expand on her grappling with her own prescience and yes. her own role in the Imperium. Mm-hmm. Um, just like how that was like the big book for uh, Duncan slash hate, you know, and uh, and so it's weird because like. The first Dune book ends and you're like, oh, you know, but what's going to happen with Irland? What's going to happen with Jessica? And Herbert's like, nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, similarly, um, the way that Messiah ends 
with Aaliyah and Duncan out in the desert confessing their love for each other, it's yeah. like, oh, you know, you can think of a million ways that that could um, build into into something that might feel more like natural or organic or expected. Um, but Herbert's very good at withholding things exactly. in a way that yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes hurts and isn't great. I know. But he, he does not um, give fan service. No. Know, to, no, uh, no, to his audience. No, and and I I I'm a big 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 uh, fan and cheerleader for what I what I for years I've all, I've thought this is the you know a, a very important part of being a creator is the art of withholding. You know, not giving them what they want I think is essential for any like true artist um, to kind of create a a journey um for themselves um and and yeah um i think herbert is is fantastic at that um you know he really really is i think there's uh it's very powerful too in 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 like what he doesn't say you know i mean it's it's a lot of these things are up to your imagination and, and maybe you're upset that we didn't see more of, or of, of this or that, but, um, you know, what we did see like paints a, a, a great picture of, of what, you know, did happen just off page, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I, that, that, that is one of my favorite aspects of his writing is, uh, is, that withholding that he does um to yeah it's it's it's, i don't know a lot of writers want a lot of writers or storytellers whatever artists of any kind want to give people what they want and um i would say a good chunk of the time that leads to like just like less interesting art yeah because absolutely these are things we've all all already imagined and a lot of times in our heads that's it's it's better than what the writer can can you know give us on page or on screen whatever because uh you know we, we've we've already thought of it a million times yep but this is not a star wars podcast which is obviously what you're referring to um must be i'm not referring to star wars has, has to be has to be it's the only thing that springs to my mind when you no, describe it i think <laughs> other examples of this i think um i, I know i know i think Stephen moffat is a good example of this like for example like i mean this is just just one example for all the the, the who heads out there is is when the 12th doctor finally gets to gallifrey you know after 4.5 billion years in the confession dial breaking out of that what what we get is not a story about gallifrey it's a story about him and Clara, uh, and him saving Clara, uh, which is not what anybody wanted, but in my eyes, it's the more interesting story. So yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a talent that I that I really really uh, really appreciate in artists. Well, that's uh, well said, well said, and of course, when I was bringing up Star Wars, I was mentioning the the negative aspect of that spectrum. Yes, of, yes, of only yes, giving yes. people what they want of course yeah which so. i mean th- those are great examples you're right like the the sequel trilogy is is maybe the most well-known 
modern example of of giving the audience what they want. And that's why I think The Last Jedi is my favorite of the three, because mm-hmm. it does the exact opposite. And again, I mean, I mentioned this when when uh, Paul and Leto met out in the, the desert. Um, but, you know, there's some real, there, some legitimate overlap and shades of uh, Children of Dune in The Last Jedi, I think, in the way that Luke Skywalker is depicted just feels very reminiscent of old yeah all here too absolutely um, absolutely so i it Agreed. is not you know perhaps that's a coincidence in the sense that i don't know if ryan johnson has read uh dune and it's not to say that herbert is the first one to make a uh you know jaded uh hero you know but it it certainly feels reminiscent it does. Yeah, and I don't think it matters at all even if Ryan Johnson had that in mind because like Dune is baked into Star Wars DNA. So Yes. He's he's picking up parts that maybe were initially influenced by Dune. That's a good point too. Um as far as the end of this chapter with Aaliyah's death, um Oh, and oh boy, I don't really want to harp on this because it actually is tough. But like looking, I'm just like looking at the page itself and um, Aaliyah's going back and forth between like pleading with her mother and like her, her real voice to like, it's described as like a fat, like this combination of like a thousand other voices like bursting out of her. Yeah. Like I, like I think the Baron's voice is like literally coming out of her. Like, yeah, yeah. Not just... Aaliyah saying his words like I think his actual his actual voice yes um that's the that's the feeling I got or or at any rate I mean it's not her voice even if it's not exactly the Baron's it's it's this very warped Mm -hmm. um you know like Hollywood possessed sort of like yeah shrieking so it it's uh yeah it's not pleasant you know Aaliyah is like really fighting here this is not easy i mean she's resisting every um every fiber of you know not her being but but the baron's being Mm -hmm. fully controlling her body um so it's i i'd say it's a testament to um her willpower you know that that she's still able to to have this last act in the face of um, what what probably everyone else would consider to be complete, irreversible possession, you know that that she's able to to still find that shred of her own humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then Jessica turns and buries her face in Faridin's tunic. I just want to point that out because. It, it doesn't have to mean this, but considering we get something even more surprising later, it it does it does feel like that could be a gesture of affection as it well. It does, as yes. Sorrow, yeah. I I agree. Um, In a way that I didn't think. I I guess I I did not consider I I did not consider that relationship, even though it's been discussed 
you know, they're always like very clear about their roles and it's not to say that what they're saying and how they feel is, it has to be completely congruent to each other. But, but I really felt like at least Jessica, um, felt like maybe there was that distinction and I know, Hey, I remember Messiah tragedy has a way of dissolving walls that would otherwise remain sturdy. Right. I yeah, mean, that's what the Reverend mother thinks. That's, that that's her whole fucking plan. Yeah. So that could be exactly what's happening here. Um, but I, I just want to point it out because I think that's going to be important going forward. Presumably. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I think it's simply Jessica is just being torn apart emotionally in the midst of all of this. Um, and she, Faraday is the person that she's closest with in this room. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, after seeing her son die, I think that, she thinks of Faridin as a son. And that's the, the last, uh, like son comfort available yeah, to her. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there, there very well could be more to that. I, I don't think that there's anything that's going to happen between Faridin and Jessica, but there could be. Well, I, now that I say, it, I mean, I think you're, Right, especially just considering where, where Faradin lands in this Ganema exactly, dynamic yeah. that we'll be talking about. It would be um, a lot more complicated if 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 that happened in the future. I mean, it could still happen, but there's yeah, there are more walls that are built. <laughs> True. I guess them. really what I wanted to to comment on was just when I when I read that line. Um, I mean, I was also considering like her thinking of Faradin as a son, but it just felt like, um, I don't know. I got this impression like, Oh <laughs> yeah. That's no, all. I, like, I mean, I, I thought really... the same thing too. I, you know, <laughs> it's, there is a little bit of a, the, there's a twinge of that somewhere yeah. in there too. But I, I think ultimately, um, that, that your reading of it is, is um probably more closer to the intent anyways um and and a a stronger reading just in terms of thinking about everything that jessica's lost and thinking about like what what is there that she can still cling to you know yeah yeah absolutely Um, so so yeah i mean I, i i hope that their um relationship is a wholesome one because i i think she deserves that I agree. Um, they both yeah. do. So I agree. But man, you know, Herbert uh, has fucked me up. If you know, it's like someone's like, you know, but look for these things now. He's <laughs> and the ending to this book does not help that. No, 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 not at all. No, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, pretty fucked up. Well, okay. Um, is is there is there anything else you might want to discuss in in this big? deathy chapter that that you want you might want to to comment on before we continue uh probably but i'm nothing i can think of right sure so um yeah we have 
two chapters left. Um, so there were, there were only four chapters in this last yes. section. Yes. Um, uh, so it's Ganima talking with Faradin. Um, there's been, I think, a couple of weeks have passed since the uh, the events of, um, well, you know, what, everything we just discussed. Um, and Ganima's kind of explaining all this weird Leto shit to Faradin. And Faradin's yeah, she's, like... She's explaining why he is... He, why he turned into Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I know. Um... And so Faradin's like, so when's he gonna like take off the skin? I know. <laughs> like, you, like you betray these people are weird. He's thinking, he's thinking one day he'll have to take off that skin. Yeah. Right. Um. So they're they're also talking about the future of their own relationship. Um. And. Ganima I don't know. Uh Faradin like kind of writes her off as you know, he's like, Oh, you're a little young a little young yet. Um You know, th- this is the line. Ghani says He'll have many very responsible tasks for uh, both of us when we're not producing children, that is. Yeah. And Faradin says, Well you're a little young yet. Um, and Ganima's gonna, like, fucking kill him right there. Yeah. You know, he's like, don't ever make that mistake again. I mean, okay, I get that, um, that she has, like, the experiences and, and, and intellect and understanding and comprehension and, and, you know, all the mental faculties of, you know, not just an adult woman but i mean you know she's like ancient presumably right she's lived all these lifetimes but she's still in the body of a nine-year-old i mean i'm just you know we don't i don't want to like dig into this but i'm just saying that like i feel like faradin's point um you know there's also some certain realities about like the human body that um you know you can't just like surmount with yeah experience yeah so i mean, mean you know faradin's like hey listen like you you got some time right and ganima is just immediately like how fucking dare you <laughs> like I, I mean so it's yeah it's interesting because like she has definitely in the past in past lives mothered children yes obviously yes, certainly certainly um so I get why why she would find that offensive, but yeah, also she is still yeah a kid. Um, but also, also, I mean, wh- at what age do fremen start reproducing? You know, yeah. Like, is it like I don't know? Because I mean, in some areas of human history, you know, that's it's it's been young. It's been very young. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, she could only be a couple years away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. In in, ter- in terms of their uh, societal norms, so yeah, yeah. Um, well, at any rate, <laughs> let us continue on. 
Um, and it's there's some more coming together of the characters um, in in the wake of all this change and all this tragedy. Um, Jessica and Ty Iconic um, show up. I think they kind of comment on just how, you know, distant Jessica seems. Um, Stilgar's around. Stilgar's very formal to Jessica, which Jessica takes offense to. Um, I don't... I don't know. Um, I And I guess the formality from Stilgar seems to be coming from this place of not wanting to be reabsorbed in the Atreides royalty game mm -hmm. the way that he has in the past. You know, he's really trying to, like, fiercely hang on to um, his, his leadership in Fremen society. And so I think he just feels like, you know, if, if I have to be cold and indifferent to these people that I've shared you know, incredible experiences with, then so be it, you know, like you're saying, no guilt, it's whatever, mm, you know, yeah. so he's okay yeah. with being detached. Jessica takes some internal offense to that. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Stilgar just doesn't, you know, it's like, I think that's enough of Atreides he's, gods. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I mean, Stilgar has been on this very weird character, journey himself from the, from the beginning of the book and I, I i think if i were to like sit down and try and examine stilgar more i'd be able to get a lot more out but sometimes i'm confused in, at, at his character choices um but i i guess in this instance given everything he has gone through i i do think it makes sense that um you know he wants to return to that more simple straightforward uh way of life you know he wants to yeah. take the fremen back to their their foundations yeah that's what he their core that's definitely his intention um and also yeah i think he's just he's being very formal and i, th I think he's trying to get out of there as soon as he can like he did he very clearly does not want to be around these people yeah any longer um yeah so he kind of just like takes their shit and bites his tongue yeah mostly um ganima mentions uh a, a time frame for the desert she says on page 397 um Well, here, let me start. This is what, what Stilgar starts with. Um, he looked coldly at Ganema. I don't like what my Fremen have become, he growled. We will go back to the old ways, without you if necessary. So, he just lays out exactly what we were mm. dancing around. Um, For a time, perhaps, Ganema said. But the desert is dying still. What'll you do when there are no more worms? No more desert? I won't believe it. Within 100 years, Ganema said, there, there'll be fewer than 50 worms, and those will be sick ones kept in a carefully managed reservation. Their spice will be for the Spacing Guild only, 
And the price? She shook her head. I've seen Leto's figures. He's been all over the planet. He knows. Is this another trick to keep the Fremen as your vassals? I'll, I'll stop reading, but I, I like that response. Mm-hmm. You know, Ganema's like, were you ever my vassal? And, and Stilgar, I guess ultimately maybe that's it. You know, it's like um, Stilgar, I think, had a lot of pride and, and felt like there was an honor in his service in Messiah. Yeah. And in Children of Dune, um, I think he just feels used mm-hmm. and manipulated. And so, yeah, um, I think so too. You know, just just not valued, you know. Um, I think a lot of that probably does speak to his, like, personal friendship with Paul. That's a lot of, like, what we were talking about in Messiah 2, that he's always kind of caught up between service and duty towards Muad'Dib, the god, and then, like, um, you know, friendship and respect for Yusul. Yeah. The man, right? Mm-hmm. And then without either of those figures there, if if all that's left is just um, the machinery of the Empire and these other people in these roles that that don't give, um, you know, Stilgar the time of day yeah. beyond what they consider to be like his, his then usefulness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think he's right to to feel like he's been used agreed like yeah. a, like a like a game piece and so yeah he he just washes his hands of it um wants to go back to the supposed simplicity of desert life for the fremen yeah i mean and i don't think he's going to ever get what he wants but maybe no. maybe being away from the atreides more will be enough for him i don't know yeah i mean i i think he'll at least be happier i'm honestly Um, surprised he's still alive me too yep i i really really thought stilgar was gonna die yeah same i would i would have put that right there with with paul yeah yeah definitely yeah (laughs) um but no he's still kicking um yeah, I forget if it's this chapter or the next chapter. I mean, they, they talk more about the desert, too, in terms of um, what Leto has seen. Uh, there's this there's this vision he has that all the worms will disappear. There will be no more worms but then there will be He'll return. like yeah <laughs> so yeah um oh actually it's the last page of this this chapter the worms will return after my brother goes into the sand yes 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 yeah yeah so i mean that's a that's a weird thing is is i mean is Leto's final act going to be going into the sand and kind of uh, restoring balance to Arrakis and, and, and making, you know, the place habitable to worms again? Like, is, is that going to be what he does ultimately? Uh, will, I don't know. Will he still be alive at that point? How far in the future is that? I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, 
we'll talk more about this too, but we're given a time frame on yes. his life expectancy. Yes, yeah. 4,000 4, years. 4,000 years. Um, so it, it does feel like one of the ways this could go would be um, at the end of that 4,000-year reign. Yeah, maybe his last act is is like burrowing into the desert and yeah. the the thing that he's grown into, you know, we know that at least the start of, of this is he's just covered in sand trout. Yeah. And that the sand trout are the juvenile form of the yes. sandworms. I yeah. mean, if he were to come apart in some fashion and... In the sand, he could, yeah. I mean, that could you know, ignite the the the, the re uh, re-evolution of the of the sandworms right. on Arrakis. Yeah. Um and that four thousand years could also serve as the time skip. I mean I'm left mm-hmm. wondering, you know, t- does God Emperor start at like the end of this four thousand years? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah it could. Obviously we don't know. Who but... knows how yeah, that's uh that's a question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean how many characters that we know now will be around in the next book. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, right. It all depends on if there's a time skip, which so far there always has been. So it, it's likely. Um, so will it be a small time skip or will it be a big time skip? Yeah. And we do not have the answer to that. No. I mean, I, I think at the very least I feel confident in thinking that in heretics, there'll probably be, pretty much nobody around that we that we know maybe Leto, i don't know but yeah uh, yeah it really does feel like um the slate is being wiped ever cleaner yeah um after after each book you know um i i'm surprised enough as it is that there there are as many characters continuing on from the first book even here you know yeah same um, same so yeah but it but it is dwindling and we, we continue to get new players on the board, which is cool. Um, yeah, I mean, Faradin is still around too. You know, um, we were pretty sure he was going to die. We were, yeah. And instead, we, I mean, this happens in the next chapter, I think, right? But it's, it's uh, he, he kind of turns it to something different. Yeah, it's funny. <clears throat> you know, I'll go back and listen to our episodes when you post them. And um when uh, we were talking about Faradin completing his B'nai Gesserit training, you know, it was, oh, he's no longer Carino, he's B'nai Gesserit. Yeah. And I mentioned, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool, actually? Like, I'm, we're pretty sure he's going to die, but wouldn't it be cool if he carries over and is able to, like, use these powers that he's gained yeah. for himself now? And you said, yeah, maybe he'll just become another Irulan. How <laughs> oh, right you were! <laughs> yeah, damn. Yeah, you're. I you're, mean, we did yeah. not realize. I know you're at right. The time just, just yeah. how insightful that that ended up being. No, you're you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, he he is he's the airline of the next generation. Yeah, so, I mean he's he's literally serving the opposite of her purpose, though, right? Yes. Yeah, there is a, a strange mirroring. It is. But, yeah. Um, his his role as um as something secretive or, exactly. or something so, other than he is presented to be. And something kind of, uh, not, um, utilized is not the right word, but, but not celebrated or something that is kind of tucked away in the corner. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, 
their their role is um, just to be used as a tool. Yeah, really, exactly. You know, exactly. Just aren't uh, aren't aren't are not treated as a, a fully realized person. You no. know, they're just um, something something to be manipulated and and used for a greater purpose. Um, very very dehumanizing Absolutely. for both of them. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, as far as the closing of this chapter, um, I don't know. I feel like we get a lot. We get a lot of bits yes. and pieces, and I don't know Literally how much. So much. I know. Um, like, I don't know. Stilgar's protest. I'm just like skimming through. Stilgar's like, oh, something about it'll be the death of the Fremen, and. Ganima's like, what are you talking about? We'll always need soldiers. Like, yeah. that's you. Yeah, um, yeah. Leto's going to control the spice. Uh, peace will endure. Um, 4,000 years. Tyaconic is like, hey, Faridin, I think we should, like, talk about this. <laughs> He's like, no. Um... Faridin knows that they're going to want the solder car. He says, I will not sell the solder car. Um, I mean, we know how that goes, yep. but it, it seems in the scope of, um, Leto and Ganima's plan, needing the solder car feels, um, kind of trivial, but I, I, I guess, um, they must not see it that way. It's important for them to have some kind of a force and they're going to use them for that. But, um, I don't know. It's like 4,000 years. And, you and need, I like, guess these, just, like, well, just so there's no opposing or there's no opposition to, you know, his, his Leto's Fremen warriors kind of buying off the, uh, the rival faction. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. We've seen just in this, book how uh the the carinos grew in secret to try and retake the throne yeah so right just nip that in the bud here why not it's true um yeah i don't know i think it's very telling i like this line stilgar has uh he says he talks of peace and death in the same breath. Golden age, you know. He says like mockingly. Yeah. Of course, that's kind of what we've been um, trying to break down and grapple with the whole time too. That uh, Leto's doing these horrible things for an ultimate good, you know. And and Stilgar is not uh, not buying that shit for even one second, you know. No. <laughs> I mean, as as he should you know shouldn't like because right i mean yeah it's gonna be a golden age and in thousands of years of peace because nobody dare oppose him you know yeah yeah um <clears throat> yeah let me just read this last passage where ganima talks about the kralzek and then we can go on to the last chapter yeah. and kind of do our final thoughts um when his empire falls, oh yes, it'll fall. You think this is Kralzek now, but Kralzek is yet to come. And when it comes, humans will have renewed their memory of what it's like to be alive. 
The memory will persist as long as there's a single human living. We'll go through the crucible once more, still. And we'll come out of it. We always arise from our own ashes. Always. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, this is this is what Leto has been saying all along is, you know, he's going to put humanity through absolute hell. But they'll be better for it. Right. They will they will rise more powerful. Um with a renewed sense of purpose. Indeed. This, this is the cure to, you know, stagnation. Yeah, I guess. Um, I definitely don't think it's saying the same. I, I feel like it's arriving at a kind of similar message in terms of like this. Um, that there's this collective spirit of humanity. That's like the, the true enduring strength of, of us as a species. Um, it's saying it very differently, but it does make me think a little bit of Doctor Who in that sense. Absolutely, in yeah. That, uh, yeah. You know, even in this, talking about Doctor Who now, even in this universe of, you know, these incredible, like, alien oddity, oddities and, and fantastical magic technology and shit, you know, it's like, it always comes back to, like, the human heart as being, like, the most powerful thing, even against all this insane, crazy stuff that, yeah. that you can never fathom, you know? And, um... I I think it's weird because in Children of Dune, like it sort of needs to be engineered and protected, yeah. you know. Uh, mm. But um, I feel like it's still kind of arriving at at some kind of a, a basic point of similarity where it's like, Definitely. well, um, that 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 against all odds, you know, um, humanity prevails. Right. Right. Yeah, and I, I guess we'll see. We but will see. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it, I think that's it's it's funny because it's like um, I don't know. The it, means of getting there are so much darker. They're but... so much darker. So much darker. <laughs> but in both cases, I I I find it kind of interesting too because it's like, it's 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 a very nice sentiment. You know, it really is. But in a world of aliens and oddities, Doctor Who more so, I guess. But it's it's a. Uh, it's like human exceptionalism similar to mm -hmm. like American exceptionalism mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, our country's the best. We always survive because we're American. Uh, it's, it's like, yeah, that, yeah, but yeah, it's like that, but on a, on, on a much broader scale, which I, I just find it kind of funny. Right. Um, cause, cause if we actually lived in, in a, in a universe where we were exposed to other aliens and species and stuff like that, uh, we absolutely would have that, that attitude. And that would maybe not be a good thing. No, but no, and in here it 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 is a nice sentiment, and 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 it is it's 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 a good ideal to to try and live up to, I guess. But uh, it, just like looking at at it from the other end, it's like uh, it's kind of uh, yeah, it's very human. I I think yeah, definitely very human. I I think from both properties there's um you know its own it, it its own problems with the idea you know and i think with dune it's that um it's kind of like yeah you know 
humanity is exceptional, but like, what else do we know that yeah. um, without the guidance of a all powerful God worm that will inevitably destroy ourselves through means of war? I mean, it, it's not something that humanity as a species is learning for itself. Mm. You know, it's a lesson that's being thrust upon us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, and this is going to be weird, and I really don't know where it's going, but um, it also hinges on the breeding program. It does, And this yes. idea that, yes. um, you know, people need to be, like, funneled through further and, and further and tighter and tighter, like, corridors and channels to become exceptional. You know, it's not enough to just have a bunch of dumbass humans fucking each other and making yeah, babies. You're yeah. going to get gross, stupid, hillbilly space babies. Yeah, you which, need perfect, good babies. I know. Which, know? which, which, <laughs> which definitely makes you think of, of, uh, you know, the, the third Reich and, uh, yes, you know, yeah. the, the Aryan master race kind of thing. There's, there's, there's definitely some eugenics criticism yes. I've, I've heard leveled at this, and I've talked to my brother about that at length, too. Yeah, Especially yeah. when the Hitler comparison came uh-huh. up in Messiah. That, we talked about that for a while. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, I mean, definitely shades of that. Um, but yeah, Lido is taking over the breeding program. Yeah, let's... You, you good to go to this last chapter? I'm good chapter. to go to the last chapter. Let's do okay, it. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Um... All right, well, we don't, you know what, then um, I, we don't need to do, like, specifics. We'll go through it, but do you want to talk more about the breeding program then, since we're yeah, on it? Yeah. And we're doing the last chapter? Yeah. W- what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it's something that I feel like would be better off abolished. Yeah. For sure. Um, but, I mean, it's it's all part of Leto's plan, his, his, his path, and, like, we we already know that it's what he's planning or what he's going to do is super fucked up. So it's like not surprising. Yeah. And he has the power to just kind of usurp any kind of, um, like structure that exists right now. Cause he is just insanely powerful. So yeah, he, he has the ability to do that and he's going to. Right. Yeah. I think it's interesting that, um, it, it's kind of another thing that he observes and looks at and he's like, well, it's not so much the idea of it that hasn't been working, but it's the execution, you know, kind of like how he looks at Paul and he's like, yeah. you know, dad, uh, you had the means, but you didn't take it far enough. Yep. And, and Lito looks at the B'nai Gesserit and he's like, you know, you are, you're right in the sense that you can make better humans, you know? <laughs> You he really can like crossbreed them and and um, evolve humanity over time into something superior than its previous form. Um, again, Leto's thoughts, not mine. Yes, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but your problem is that you are similarly fallible, ever changing, and ever dying humans. You know, um, and Leto's. Leto's viewpoint, his argument seems to be that because he's going to live so long, 4,000 years, he can personally oversee and micromanage every step of the way without relying on future generations of people to continue this plan like the B'nai Gesserit, you know, have to do out of necessity. Um, He will literally play God. Um, 
and 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 go about this breeding program. Yeah, um, and that's v- very personally. That's a massive difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he will. I mean, there will be one. You know, author of this of this program, he'll see it through to the end. Um, and maybe that has been the mistake of the Bene Gesserit in the past. They have not let themselves live long enough to see it through, even though they can. Well, they're, they're a, yes, true, right? They can, but they choose. Not I was about to. to say, well, they're unable to, but no, that's a good point. They, yeah. and I think. I mean, That's maybe not as long as four thousand years, but still, they 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 could enhance their lifespans if they wanted to. No, it's a good point. Another thing that Leto sees as a weakness is, yeah. um, you know, is is uh, following through with with their humanity. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna go pee and get some more water, and uh, we'll pause and uh, be right back. Sounds good. All right, and we're back. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, last thoughts on the breeding program for me, but really just that, um, you know, I I think it's going to work is yeah. the thing, you know. Yeah. Um, so not only are we going to be dealing with God, Emperor, Leto, Giant, Worm, Man Face thing, probably. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it seems like we're going to have some new superpower characters. You know, it's like each each book kind of um, opens up the way to a form or an evolution of the Atreides line um, that that usurps and overshadows the past. Um, n- not to say we'll necessarily get something more powerful than Leto. I, I don't know. Yeah, my, but, um, my thought is that he is very intentionally going to make a, uh, you know, a race of extremely powerful individuals, but not nearly as powerful as himself because of the simple reason that he... He intends to remain in power as, uh, you know, or he sees himself to be in power. And that's yeah the only way to follow through the golden path. Um, and also because he's not going to be the one literally fathering these, these uh, people. No. These, yeah, these, these humans. No, he, he has no loins. Um, that's an actual he, passage. He is, it is. He has no loins anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, he... He is unable. Uh, he'll never truly feel the adult beef swelling. No, um, no more beef of swelling. His own flesh. Sorry, okay. uh, Sabiha. So I, I can see why that thought was so alluring to him when he had the vision. Yeah. He, he also knew that um, you know, he would never be able to really have that. Yeah. He just has the the vision experience of it. So. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I, it, it seems to me like, um, I, I think he wants to make like an entire race where everyone is a Kwisatz Haderach, and that's yeah. just like normal. Like uh-huh. it'd be weird if you aren't a Kwisatz Haderach, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. That'll be we'll interesting. See. It'll be interesting. But yeah, um, definitely some some uh, 
you know, some weird implications, I guess, yeah. of um, it presumably working. I, I think we'll probably, um, we might have a lot more to talk about going forward about, I don't know, Herbert's uh, thoughts on genetics. And, you know, we, something that we could have been talking about this whole time. But I know. It, but with Leto um, taking the reins on this breeding program and it, it not slipping into obscurity, we, we might have even more to break down. Yeah, it's 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 very much feeling like it's going to be in the forefront yeah. of the story going forward. Um, and just like, you know, the, the charismatic leader, I feel like... Herbert is going to be very critical of this. While I mean, who knows how he's going to paint it in the future? But I can't see him uh, writing it out as a ringing endorsement. No, yeah, I think no matter what, um, he's he's at least uh, critical enough of these things to. I I, I think to write about. Um, you know, consequences of them, negative yeah. consequences. It's just also like, sometimes it feels like it's like, Oh, you know, it's not the system. It's the people running it, you know, or, or mm. something like that. Um, but it, it's too, I don't really want to get into the weeds of it right now. Well, we I don't mean, have enough to go on, but a, th- a thing about Herbert too, that I have, cause I, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've read a lot into Dune so far and the creation of Dune and, people's thoughts like Herbert very much paints himself as like a classic libertarian kind of person, you know, maybe left leaning, but libertarian nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of basis on, of like individual responsibility, I think that is there. I think that's something that he is trying to work through in these books, mm-hmm. um, especially with prescience and like, you know, determinism like do we have free will um yeah i think that he believes we do and that it is very important uh yeah to to be personally responsible um which is yes i mean i don't know like like you said let's not get into the weeds of it but uh (laughs) but i i do think that threat is there yeah um So at at any rate, before before we get into like the final conversation um, between Ganema, Leto, Faradin, I wanted to mention one last thing with Paul because he's still around in in some form. Yes, and despite I think he, how final we mentioned his death, I think he is. always will be around in some form. Hmm. Um. So I I want to quickly read this passage. Um, Paul's water is held in a jar beside Leto, next to the golden lion throne. And um, Stilgar is asked to read this inscription on the jar. And it reads thusly. This water is the ultimate essence, a source of outward streaming creativity. Though motionless, this water is the means of all movement. And then Stilgar goes... That sounds cool, but what the fuck? <laughs> and then Leto responds, The body of Muad'Dib is a dry shell, like that abandoned by an insect. He mastered the inner world, 
while holding the outer in contempt, and this led to catastrophe. He mastered the outer world while excluding the inner world, and this delivered his descendants to the demons. Mm -hmm. The golden elixir will vanish from Dune, yet Muad'Dib's seed goes on, and his water moves our universe. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think it's a great piece of writing. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it, it it sounds great. Um, but yeah, I, I do actually. I think that uh, Leto sums it up perfectly. Like, no matter how evil he is or is going to be, like he has kind of mastered this balance that Paul was never capable of. Um, again, like yeah, he, he he did master the inner world and the outer world separately, and and and, and was never able to um, walk between the worlds successfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is something that Leto has every intention of doing himself. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, it's also kind of a, a, a little way of taunting Stilgar and kind of saying, you know, your God wasn't all that great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Your God was still human. What yes. an idiot. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, um, for what it's worth, I liked Leto's commentary on it because it felt like a summation of um, the entirety of Paul's character in the previous two books. In the, the first sentence, he mastered the inner world while holding the outer in contempt, yeah. which led to catastrophe, is Dune 1. Yeah. And then he mastered the outer world while excluding the inner world and delivered his descendants to the demons, is Dune Messiah, mm. that that Leto and, and by extension Herbert kind of condenses into one sentence each. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool to read that. That's how I took it as. And I, um, I don't know. I'm not really looking to like unpack all of that, but I, but I think it's there. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I mean, I think you could even, you could even say he, uh, turning away from the inner world could even be this book or the, the, the nine years he was um, out of the picture. Yeah. Uh, just full, full on rejecting uh, the visions prescience and kind of running from it. Um, so yeah, I think it can be seen both ways, but yeah, I, 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 I think it is a very simple, um, but um, correct summation of Paul's journey and yeah. his, his, his flaws. And just like you mentioned, I mean, um, Paul seems like he will be around in, in some fashion, you know, regardless. Yeah. Right? His descendants yeah. continue on. And, and so, right, you know, Leto says his seed goes on, his water moves our universe. And, and so even if, um, you know, Paul himself is not the one to um, to have the the ultimate say or to, to be the one who, who really... Um, makes the direct decisions to influence the fate of the universe. He is the one who um, is the inception yes. of the path. Yes. And so we'll, we'll always have that distinction. Yeah. And, and he will always, I mean, with this, with this, you know, new breeding program, I mean, it's yet to be seen if, uh, if these 
people of the of the future will all be preborn or <laughs> or not but if so we might have many more people that can tap into paul's consciousness which would be interesting that is a very good point yeah i i had not considered that um but now that you've laid it out there yeah that's been a pretty big part of this book and i could yeah. certainly see that um staying very relevant going forward so that would be interesting it will be <laughs> all right um so yeah there's this whole ceremony with the naives with stilgar <clears throat> um and once they have all left leto sits on the throne ganima is resting directly behind the throne and Faradin is called over. And they want to have like a little chit-chat. little chit-chat. Just Casual. A, just a friendly little talk between... Very friendly. Between friends. <laughs> um, Leto drops some fucking bombs. Yeah, he does. He uh, he, uh, he, he, he pretty much laid out, lays down the rules here. He does. Um, I I know this is only like two or three pages to so to say I'm jumping ahead. I don't know. It's maybe a bit much. But um, where I think I want to start is I I really loved this this admission, this revelation that Leto has been possessed. Yeah, yeah. This whole time he is an abomination. Um, or so people would, would, would consider him. Right. Yeah. Uh, not, not once did I, did I ever doubt that Leto and Ganema um, had successfully avoided abomination. And I think a lot of that just has to do with, um, you know, showing us the effects of ab- abomination every time we see Aaliyah. Every time we read her, her inner monologue, her thoughts, her actions, obviously very different from the way that um, Leto conducts himself, very different from the way that we get his inner train of thought when he is under the Spice Visions. Um, and so it, it feels very clear. It's like, yeah, you know, how could it be anything else? Of course, Leto is not possessed, just like Ganema is not possessed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we we know what the alternative is like, right? Um but Herbert really pulls the rug out from under us. And I, I think he does it in such a way that um, is like really expertly crafted because like, you know, it's not like there's this feeling of like, hey, but I thought he wasn't possessed. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. Like, you know, I'm the one who, who didn't consider that this whole time. You know, I'm the one yeah. who didn't put those pieces together. And it, it feels like it makes so much sense it does, especially especially with that one passage where it's very clearly spelled out that Haram is this powerful, um, you know, piece of of his spiritual puzzle. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, the, I think the big difference between him and Aaliyah really is just that he is simply okay with it, like him him saying that he's he's balanced all of these inner you know lives is not necessarily a lie he has balanced them but they're balanced in a very specific way where harem 
is the is kind of the the majority right um but it seems like that lines up with his plan as well so it's 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 more of a a complementary role than um inner turmoil exactly yeah they're uh they're like partners right and yeah. the way that leto describes harem um right i mean he's not like uh a kind fellow. I mean, it sounds like no. he's, you know, this is like an ancient king of the past, yep. you know, who uh, kept order through ruthless and bloodthirsty means. You yes. know, this is um, an old school ruler. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, they, they have an understanding. And I think importantly as well, um, I, I think it also just still goes back to, that in order to be on the golden path and in order to become the god emperor and to to don this suit um you know i don't think it can really be overstated how important it is that leto does die that figurative death yeah he 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 does lose his humanity and so um you know Aaliyah is always hanging on to herself you know and and so you're right. There is that like conflict between like you know who's Aaliyah, who's the Baron, who's really in control. But like Leto just kind of um, gives himself yeah. to the to the turmoil and and really he, there's no humanity for him to fight for. He, he lets doesn't go. Care. He lets go and lets God. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but yeah, um, it really felt like this sinister turn it it makes me think that um from the beginning of these spice visions i'm like so how long have i been following harem you know when is it leto when is it not because we see from Aaliyah, you know it's not always just the baron not always just Aaliyah. it's this this flowing mixture and so similarly it's not so cut and dry as sometimes it's one yeah i i don't know if we'll ever see a distinction again if we'll ever actually see the real Lido again in any yeah. in, in I, I think it might just be a mixture now and whether well, that's 50 50 or 60 40 or 80 20 i don't know right no i i think you're right it, it seems like the balance that he said he struck you know it's not so much that there's even like a distinction of percentages no. that it's like 100 percent everyone you yeah. know yeah he he kind of says that he is this community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, but but Harum is the the head honcho. Harum is the majority leader. Yeah, right. So the, Har- so there is still a dominant force. Harum uh, is the Mitch McConnell. Yep, gross. As as <laughs> evil as Mitch McConnell, I don't know. <laughs> that remains to be seen. Yes. So I don't know if um anyone has yet vandalized the Arakeen Citadel or not, mm. but. I mean, I'm 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 sure they will soon. Yeah. Once uh, Leto does not send out two thousand dollar checks <laughs> to all the Fremen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I thought the the possession reveal was um just fucking awesome. Just a yeah. really natural build to um what's been going on in the book. So I really appreciated it, but it, it really does make Leto feel um, 
evil to me. It does. You know? It does. Um, I know. It really yeah. feels like a nail in the coffin. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And it's, I don't know, man. It's like, it's weird because, like, I, and we've said this before. It's like through it all, Paul was a sympathetic character, you know? Yeah. And even though Leto, in my eyes, remains likable. He's not sympathetic. I, I he's he's yeah something brand new. I mean he's he's not even really a morally gray character anymore. He's just a morally reprehensible character right. that you kind of like. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And we really only like him because of the goodwill from Leto. Yeah. Which. Yeah. I think the important thing to keep in mind is like he's really not Leto anymore. No. And I think that's the weird thing. You know, the mm-hmm. book's going to call him Leto. The book continues to name him Leto. Um But, you know, his admission here of the possession if it wasn't clear enough from so many characters, including himself, saying that he's had to sell his own humanity, um, you know, that that this is um, as far away as you can get from the Lido at the beginning of the book as, as you yeah. can possibly get. Yeah, you know? I mean, and it's I, that's the sad part. It is, and it's even or further. The scary part. It's even further from um, the difference, you know, between Paul and the preacher. Like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah, still use the same the preacher. Name. <laughs> the that's a good point too. Yeah, they still use the same name. Yeah, yeah, the preacher is even more likable than Paul. Honestly, I yeah, <laughs> I I agree with that absolutely. You know, and I—I I mean, I don't think we can ever get a uh, a preacher version of Leto now. I mean, there's—he's—he's no. he's not going to rail against his previous actions. You know, it's—it's uh, it's, no, he's—he's he's locked into this course. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's—he's he's fully committed. Um. So. Yeah. The the other big thing is. Of course, that Leto and Ganema are going to marry each other. Yes, they are. Yeah, Leto was like, Faradin, uh, sorry to break it to you. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I know there's talks of a betrothal um, that's not going to happen. I'm I'm marrying my sister. Yep. You're just the uh, you're just the the uh, worm juice. Yeah, you're you're just the loins, buddy. Yes, yeah. You're just the beef swelling. <laughs> yeah, um to the point, oh shit, this actually goes back I don't know, I could find why he says it, but he he really does uh assume his role as the Irland in that um he it is revealed that he is the one who's been writing most of these yes. passages. Yes, Hark Al Ada is Faradin. Yes, that was a so. huge revelation for me, and it makes so much fucking sense because he he is the historian. He's a history buff. Yes. It makes sense that he's he's becomes the you know the uh, scribe. Hmm. Yeah. No, I I think it works, and I I like it within the context of this novel. I think it's especially surprising that, um, you know, Herbert kind of pulls off the same trick again. Like, not that um, in Dune it's a, it's a reversal. I mean, it always says it's Irulan, 
And then you meet Irulan, and you're like, it's Irulan. You know, it's not a surprise, no. but you just kind of, like, get more of the information as the story progresses. Yeah, we, um, like, we know of her from her writings before we actually meet her as a character. Right. Uh, yeah, but here, we there is this um, this surprise reveal, and you go, oh, shit, it's been him the whole time. Yeah. Um, I think that's really smart in the sense that, uh, you know, if it, if it were laid out the same, then you'd be able to predict pretty easily the, the path for Faradin, yeah. right? You know, you would just go, oh, he is another Irland because we see the name. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like here, interestingly, Herbert is able to, um, kind of damn Faradin to a similar fate, um, but without us knowing it yeah. as it unfolds. Yeah. And, we, and so we instead no... we work backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very interesting reveal and it, it makes, is. I mean, it, it, it definitely makes you feel for Faradin. I mean, that's like from the, in the, you know, the beginning of the book, he's this character with just untapped potential and a, mm-hmm. uh, like a potential future emperor, you know. And now he's just uh, literally he's just going to be a fuckboy. Yeah, a fuckboy. Does the emperor for fuck the emperor though? I a mean, fuckboy for the emperor. Yes. It is going to be a weird, strange mirroring for him against Ireland because right now he he is the one doing the actual fathering. Yeah. But he's not the face of it. He'll take Whereas get no the credit. Face get no credit no, from it. Yeah, right. And and no actual uh, yeah child care. And and, and and it's weird because you know Ghani's like, oh no, it's gonna be fine. Don't worry, it's okay. And you know Leto's like, yeah, you know there might be love between you two, and that's that's enough. You know. And so, <laughs> I mean, w- will they actually have a, a a satisfying and loving relationship? You know, Ganima and uh, and Faradin, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, if if the way these last books have gone, you know, is anything to go by this, this book ends seeming like that that's what's going to happen. And then we read the next book and it's not what's happened at all. And it yeah. sucks. I know. Um, I know. Just like how we never really see Duncan and Aaliyah happy. Yeah. <laughs> true. Uh, true. You know, it's, yeah. It always kind of ends with the promise of um, of something better and then the reality of it is uh yeah kind of something a, a he never shows us the happy days through. herbert never shows us the happy days no. maybe that's what brian's brian herbert's books are for maybe maybe they do exist which is nice i mean the they happy days are implied yes. and, and real but yeah we uh it's never the focus so no yeah um but but at any rate, yeah, I thought I thought that was interesting. We get the Harkal out of reveal. Um, we get the um, the 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 re um, affirmation of the twins' bond too, which which is you know stated to to be something that's never going to break. And how right. how, how Lido you know describes them standing back to back, yes, uh, for the remainder of their lives, yeah. essentially. True. Yeah, which um is very different from what I thought. You know, yeah, I, me too. I kept kind of saying that they were forever distanced because yeah. of Leto's change. Maybe Ganima will never learn the truth. This and that. And yeah, when when they come back together in the end, um, you know, they don't miss a beat. They still have no. 
uh, an allegiance and and an affection for each other uh, that that has not gone away. Yeah, and and I mean, pretty much, it's implied too, like you know, Alito is like, whenever you're, you're intimate with Ganema, I'm right behind your back. Like, like I'm, I'm yeah. like right here. So, so, yeah. so don't, don't try anything. I know. I know. Yeah. He's like, right. Every, every time you fuck my sister, you better be thinking of me. Yeah, like, that's what he's... <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he just like leaves and it's like, Oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is my life now. This is the the rest of my fucking life. Yeah. Um, I, I guess uh, I didn't really think about this. I don't. I don't know. But they they've said somewhere that um, you know Leto is kind of doing this return to like a, a pharaonic um, yes system of rule. Is that what it, is that like the difference between like a pharaoh and a king? Like, did the pharaohs m- marry their siblings or their <laughs> family? You know, I think I, I I feel like that's right. I feel like that I might feel, be it. I feel like it is too. You know, and I think. That's the idea, yeah. You know, right? Like that. Leto and Ganema are going to publicly wed each other, yeah. Um, to to cement that as the face of their rule, yes. You know, to to obviously get people to believe that that's the their legitimacy, that that's um where the the bloodline of their descendants is coming from, yeah, yeah. Um, and so to them, it's a political move, yes. Um, of which I, I mean, I don't fully understand the importance of it or the implications. I, I guess it's, it's kind of, um, it just feels like it's more of, they're trying to do a shift from like this medieval kings and queens ultimate hierarchy to full on familial divinity yeah you know yeah to yeah. to completely cement the atreides that's exactly as yeah, the yeah. infallible rulers of the galaxy yeah and the, no one else can claim legitimacy to the throne anymore exactly yeah it's it's um i mean they're, they're doing it for the same reasons that that paul married erlan except kind of in reverse right because you know he wanted to maintain kind of the the the, the feudal status quo Yes. Where, whereas, as yeah, they are going to harken back to a time where, like, this is the one bloodline that matters. The, like the the Atreides are the bloodline of rulers, mm-hmm. and their descendants are going to be the only people that exist in the future. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's. I think that's the idea there. Wild. It is. It is fucking <laughs> wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think those are like the two huge things. I mean, in the end, Theridan's like, "Okay, shit, like you can have my Sarkar. Like I I get it. I'll, I'll be the scribe and secretly father the royal line." Um So you know, he says I'll resist you every day of my life, and Leto's just like, "That's what I expect." If you don't do that, I'd be disappointed. Your function yeah. is to resist me, you know. Yeah. There, yeah. There's no action you can take that would have any effect on my course. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like, yeah. Do that all you want. It's not gonna, not gonna right. matter. Which is, yeah. I mean, he's just like truly um, trapped in in this bizarre, um, yeah. You know, royal 
hell of his in, in a way you know i mean who, who's to say how much he will or won't enjoy it i i think he will find love with ganima i think they will have a legitimate relationship but uh yeah but but his role is is certainly trapped mm-hmm. i know i know um and so yeah um like you said, uh, it this this story kind of closes on a reaffirmation of Leto and Ganima's bond to one another, and in the end, as Leto leaves the room and Ganima and Faradin are left uh, together in the throne room, um, Ganima's gaze is is still locked on Leto even after he's gone, and she says. The final line of the book. One of us had to accept the agony, she said, and he was always the stronger. So, I, um, I think the last line, I know we just got done saying that, um, it's going to be hard, if not impossible, to feel sympathy towards Leto at this point. We, we, we pretty much have a, a strong understanding of the horrible decisions that he's chosen to make, um, even in even in service to what he believes is, you know, the best possible future for humanity. Um, and this final line, you know, tries to give us the perspective that kind of similarly to Paul. Yeah. Um, you know, that that the decisions are a burden, you know, that um that he alone has to absorb and contain. And so he sort of has this um uh solitary, you know, Ganima says agony, right? He's yeah. in agony. Yeah, yeah. I mean he yeah he i feel like there's even a little bit at the end here like there's a few times too where where you know he 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 has kind of admitted that he would rather die than do this but it just yeah. can't happen right now so i mean and then the 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 thought too that this fate could have happened to either him or Ganima. Mm-hmm. And he chose to take the burden on himself. Yes. Does kind of paint it as him doing a kind thing to, to, yes. to, to not subject his sister to this horrible fate. Um, whether it would actually be possible for her to do this or not. I don't know. I feel like he was destined to do it from the beginning, from the moment he, he gave Paul his vision when he was born, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do kind of feel like that it's been painted that way that he, he was maybe the only one that was capable of doing this. But regardless, um, I think they, I, I, I think there is, uh, an aspect to it where, where, where he is doing this because he, he could, you know, wouldn't be able to bear, um, watching his sister, uh, in, in this much agony. Right. And circling back a little bit to, like, considering what, what Herbert's individual beliefs might be, 
and and some of the themes that he's meant to be exploring. I mean, three books down, we've gotten so much focus on, um, like, what does it mean to make an impossible choice, you know, or like, um, if, if you truly knew all of the outcomes and you still had to make one decision where each decision seems impossibly worse than the last, you know, um, But like, but only in the choosing of it can you prevent the worst ones. Yeah, you know. Um, so like, what what does that mean in in terms of like having free will, mm-hmm. and and what does that mean in terms of um, you know, the the consequences of your actions and the intent of your decisions? You know. Yeah. Um, can you weigh these? uh unweighable factors um you know it's not something that like makes me reflect and and think on leto and be like you know i think i really get it like you know and i don't think we're meant to get it you know so i don't think there's ever really going to be a point where um i look back on this book or or on the decisions that leto's had to make one way or the other and be like you know I I understand, you know, I but I, I think we're meant to always have this unresolved conflict. Yeah, we can never understand these characters. We can never understand we're but mere humans. He is something more than us. Yeah. How could we ever understand? <laughs> um but I do think that God Emperor <clears throat> is going to be a lot of you know, philosophizing and and um thinking about existential ideas and um so i I think we're gonna get a lot deeper into the muck of that in the next book yeah um man i mean uh so so how about we unless there's anything else specific you want to mention here um how about we try and like quickly gather our thoughts and either talk about how you feel about this book as a whole and or the first three books as a whole, just like considering where, where we are. How do you feel now having finished children of Dune? Yeah. I mean, man, um, it's hard to say. I, you know, I I still have not fully processed everything that has happened. Mm -hmm especially in the last few chapters. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think we're at a point now where um, there's way more unknown than known or even theorized. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Or we do, we do know what's going to happen, but we, we don't know what it looks like. We've been yeah. told by Lita what's going to happen, but we don't have any idea what it looks like. Yes. Um, I, I'm excited and I feel satisfied with the conclusion of Paul's story mm-hmm. as a physical human being. Um, it's come to an end. Uh, it, I mean, 
the, the I think the hits keep on coming. I thought this was a great book. Um, I was very, very happy that it did take a left turn from Messiah and it was on a greater scale uh, with kind of more um, pieces at play. Uh, with that said, I don't know. I don't know if I have a preference between the two, between Children or Messiah. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I, I did. I there, there's a lot of aspects of Messiah that I really did like. Um, but yeah, this is a great continuation slash ending slash new beginning of of the Dune saga. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just gonna. It's it just. It's gonna take some time to sink in. Uh, I yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of it. That's really all I can say now. How about you? Nice. Um. Yeah, I'm. <clears throat> I'm right there with you. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sure that there's going to be. Uh, different connections and, and thoughts popping into my brain in the coming days, weeks, months, whatever. You know, I, I remember feeling frustrated finishing Messiah and going right into Children of Dune and being like, I'm not done with Messiah, know, you know? I like, know. Um, um, but, but the way that these three books um, operated, I think reading them in relatively quick succession the way that we did, um did service the the overall story well you yeah, know that yep. um the the consequences of of each book um you know directly affects and and flows into the next in a way that uh you know even though i i do think that there there is a um not like a drop in quality but um Something about the sequels does feel different to me from the first Dune book in a way that um, I could still understand, like, separating them, like, yeah. reading Dune without the need for uh -huh. a sequel. But yeah. um, having made the decision to to continue down this dune path, um, you know, I, I really do appreciate this growing strange story um for what it's worth i i do feel like i have a ranking though i would say the first dune book is my favorite and then children of dune in second and then messiah in third um yeah but i also think you're right or you know uh herbert's smart obviously and and a great author and you know it's not like dune messiah is like just dune but more and you know and Children of Dune is like Dune Messiah, but more like whenever you do that, it feels like it's really easy yeah. to rank your sequels. Um, but each one is like really uh, laser focused on the story that he wants to tell in that book. And so it's it's not so much as like one book um, is like obviously superior to the other. It's just like what what aspects of that story exactly you know, resonates with you the most. Yeah. I mean, that's why, uh, like I, I, I was saying too, I don't really want to rank them. Like it's hard to separate them. Yeah. But I mean, I do, I, Messiah feels like it's my favorite as of right now, <laughs> which I don't know. Nice. No, that's cool. That's cool, man. I mean, it, it really does do a lot. And, and as a more like, um, 
zoomed in uh yeah, it's like a, focus on it's a very intimate uh yeah. yeah yeah it's stripped back intimate very um I'm 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 a sucker for the philosophizing and the and and kind of the uh, getting into the the the, the minutia of the psyche of the of the characters. So yep, yeah. Plus, I mean, man, uh, hate Duncan Idaho. Oh man, such a I know. Great, so uh, good. So good. for Messiah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Really made that book. I know. So, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, which is why I'm excited. Not 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 because of the Duncan Idaho stuff, obviously, but because of yeah. uh, the the nature of the God Emperor that I've heard, I think it does dive more into that kind of um, the murky waters of, 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 of the inner mind and, and right. thoughts of, of Leto. Uh, that's why I'm super excited about God Emperor. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a big one for me. I really do. <laughs> no, that's super exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess I just want to quickly echo to, um, I really love what this book did for Paul. It's kind of remarkable how little this ball, this, this book focuses on Paul himself, but still ends up being a story about him. Yeah. It's like told through his children. Yeah. Um, and so when you finally get to him at the end, even though you're given like, you know, bits and pieces um, through other characters, perspectives or, or from the preacher, but only briefly um, it kind of feels like he's, he's still been around the whole book, you know, yeah. he's such a, an overhanging uh, presence in the world and on the characters that, you know, by the time he shows up in like the last, I don't know, 60, 78, 80, whatever it yeah, is, yeah. you know, um, that it's, <laughs> I don't know. It was just so good. I, I still can't get over the, the chapter where Leto and Paul talk in the desert. It's I know still, it's one of my all time. Uh, yes favorite chapters in, in any three of these books. That so. is one of the all timers. Absolutely. No, no argument there. And I, I think, you know, similarly to how Duncan slash hate, you know, that kind of mystery, um, fueled Messiah. I, I think the, the, the mystery and just the, the invention of the preacher character really, really did push this book forward. And, yeah. and as as a character so as old as Paul, you know, literally the first character we meet, mm-hmm. um, that's insane. What what a great fucking uh, evolution, you know, for this character. I thought that, yeah. I mean, you're right. He's 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 more fun, more mm-hmm. you know, more mysterious. Um, yeah, I mean, he it, it it definitely like shines a different light on the the overall character of Paul altogether. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's um, each book, um, Herbert really examines a different side or evolution of Paul that that still yeah. makes it fun to read. You know, Paul in Messiah is um, obviously at a very different place than he was at the end of the first book. And, yeah, and so too is he very different here and so it's it's cool because it never feels like um you know his characters are jogging in place you know no. it's never like oh you know here's paul but he's older it's like this is like a different fucking character absolutely you know? totally um, different so it's it's fascinating to see how um these characters change what it what their growth reveals um you know it's just always exciting you you never really know and yeah i think with paul he he takes full advantage of um 
of really pushing him to extremes and to really dark, um, sad extremes. But um, yeah, I know. Yeah, for for what it's worth, his uh, his death here, I think, is really is a great end. Um, it is. I did love it, and, and like you said, that that's kind of what feels like the connective tissue between these three books in terms of closing out the yes. the initial story. Yeah, yeah, but still leaving room for you know, what's, what's really just the halfway point. Yeah. I mean, as, as, as you said, like it's, th- there is so much open-ended, uh, you know, plot threads here that it's, it's, uh, like th- this, this really still is the beginning of, of, a uh, of a new thing as well as the ending of, of the, the first part of the story. So, uh, I know. yeah, it, it's, it's a weird, feeling because it's we are like at the halfway point now of the original six mm-hmm. but it, it feels like we're simultaneously at the beginning and the end at the same time i know yeah it's crazy it's like i want to be and i am i'm proud of ourselves you yeah. know for reaching this point yeah. but um in some ways it really does feel like we've just read one book yeah you know? yeah <laughs> exactly one <laughs> massive like book i know yeah fuck um i think that's it for me i think i i think i've said everything i need to say this has been a great experience and i'm excited to keep on going but i'm happy to take a little bit of a breather from the from the books same yeah i think this is the perfect time to uh catch our breath uh before before we are uh locked back in so yes. yeah so yeah, let's take a break from Dune to watch a bunch of Dune. Hell yeah. <laughs> it seems like the only way to do it. I'm psyched. Cool. All right, man. Um I, I just want to mention one more time before you 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 plug away and all that. I uh I am proud of ourselves. Yeah, and um Me too. You know, thank you for for uh, you know, being the Ganima to my Lido. <laughs> two halves of the same whole. Um, yeah, I mean, you were always the stronger of the two of us. Um, I know you, 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 you know, you live in agony being the host. Every, every being moment the host is to this agony. <laughs> it is an unknowable burden. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, my anyways, skin has felt itchy lately. Yeah, I mean, your skin is not your own. Um. <laughs> If you want to email us, dunedudespod at gmail.com is, uh, is the email address. I finally I went through all the emails, responded to everybody. Wow. Uh, it, it took me so a long we're time. We're really caught up. It took me hours and hours and hours, but I finally got to the end of it. So uh, the queue is empty. So come on in. Send us an email. I'll, I'll respond to you promptly. You can follow us at TV on Instagram and Twitter. And... Um, yeah, on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, all that good shit if you want to. Um, but most importantly, until next time. Pat yourselves on the back, take a sip of your spice coffee, and just you wait until we get to God Emperor. Mm-mm-mm. Toasty. <laughs>